Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores! The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sellwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots, he scores! Doing his best, Jack Eichel. Finds the opening, top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the early season showdown. That's what we've got going today in Calgary at the Dome between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Calgary Flames. Two teams that have gone through a whole bunch since they last played. Remember, Calgary was on that marvelous run a year ago and then got to the second round of the playoffs and boom fizzled out. Lost four straight in a five-game loss to the Edmonton Oilers, and Vegas uh, suffered through that just sufferable injury-riddled campaign. And now they're back, and they're looking good, and Calgary's 2-0, and and Vegas is 3-0, and and it's a clash of early-season titans. And I think this could be uh, an early-season sign of what's to come in the Pacific Division between these clubs. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that this is going to be one of those games that we look back on over the course of the year as a measuring stick between both teams, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Calgary Flames. Uh, Calgary, I think, is a really good hockey club. What they look like this year, how different they are from the team that that was you know, division champions last year, like that remains to be seen, but we get our first look at it today. And I would expect the Calgary Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights to be in a slugfest all year long and certainly come playoff time. I don't know what Calgary is. On paper, they look great. But that's a whole bunch to ask for all these new players and these star players to come in and immediately mesh with what they've got going on. Like, Consider this. They lost Goudreau. They lost Kachuk. Yep. Two 40-goal scorers. Two guys that uh, were in consideration for MVP. And they actually brought more points in than they lost. That That's a yep. lot of adding on to a team and changing your top two lines. Now, does that mean immediate success? They won the first two games against Edmonton and Colorado. That's a great start. But the whole settling in, that's different. And Vegas, same type of thing. Jack Eichels uh, in his first full year with the Vegas Golden Knights. Phil Kessel's been brought in uh, to add in uh, some complimentary offense. They've changed the lines around, and they've got new goaltending with the new head coach. You've got some settling in to go on that part, too. So I think there's there's going to be significant growth from both these hockey clubs. And while I'm very much looking forward to this game, what what these two teams have done out of the gate makes this fantastic theater tonight. Uh, I think that uh, what we see this evening will be much different, uh, potentially lines uh, and lineups uh, from what we'll witness in four months. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's certainly a game that you want to show well in if you're either club, but 
both teams have the potential to be different by the end of the season. Both teams have the potential to continue to grow into what our expectations of them probably are. And if that happens and you get some some meetings between Calgary later on in the season and the Vegas Golden Knights, then the winners will be will be hockey fans, right? Like the Calgary Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights are going to look different in February when they take on one another again than they do tonight. And I think that's really the thing. You said growth, the ability to 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 find out who each team is and then and and and, and build on what they've done early on in this season. That is really exciting if you're a fan of hockey in the Pacific Division. Well the Calgary Flames, to be quite honest, are going to be judged by what happens in May and June. They brought in these players to win now. They signed these players to win now, and they've got contracts that could become very troublesome and complicated to handle in the next five years. But if they can get over the hump, they're willing to live with that. Uh, They were supposed to be there last year, given their regular season performance, how healthy they were and the momentum that they had, and it didn't happen. It was a struggle in the first round against Dallas, and after scoring nine goals in the first game against Edmonton, it blew up on them against the Oilers in in the second round. Vegas was in... Used them all up that, in game one. That, Vegas is in the same position uh, like last year. It was all about winning the Stanley Cup, and then they got hurt. Mm-hmm. This is more of a feel from from Vegas. There's high expectations. I certainly have them for for the hockey club. You do as well. But you're going to take it uh, a bit more step by step. Instead of looking forward to just May and June, you want to see some progress, some gelling, some coming together, some uh, a certain growth. Uh, process and evolution within this hockey club uh, to show you that you're on the right path. Uh, So uh, it's slightly different, even though I see them both battling for that first place at the end of the line. And the other part is the weird thing. They never really play close games. Don't expect tonight to be a a three, one or a two, (laughs) nothing game. It's usually by four goals, five goals, one way or the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, I feel it's going to be a close game. I, I, I don't know why. Uh, maybe maybe because you said that out loud. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that this Calgary team, while I do agree with you, their expectations are probably loftier, probably higher uh, than where the Golden Knights' expectations are going into the season. Maybe throughout the hockey world, I, I think the Golden Knights' expectations within that room are still to be um, one of the last teams standing. Every team should have that oh, yeah. expectation going into the year. Those are different, but, though. Those are different. Like, the outside it, world is taking a wait-and-see approach to the Vegas Golden right. Knights. I, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. They are. And and they're not really taking that approach to the Calgary Flames. No. And, and like, to, to a degree, I get it, right? You've got a great coach in Daryl Sutter, and you look at the players that you bring in, and I, I think, again, you know, Nazem Kadri makes sense. Jonathan Huberto makes sense. Mackenzie Weger to me, is like the big key in what Calgary did do in the offseason in, in making this a better hockey club or what I believe will be a better hockey club. But in, in the same way that, you know, I think the Golden Knights, you got to give it some time to marinate. you got to give it some time to really see what you have in this Golden Knights team. I think the same should be said of the Calgary Flames. Even Absolutely. though it's win now, even though 
even though you want to say that this team is as good or better as they were last year, I still think it's going to take time before the Calgary Flames really hit their stride. Uh, one advantage that uh, Calgary can be a little more secure in is goaltending because they have a Vezin Trophy finalist from a year ago in Jacob Markstrom. The Golden Knights are going with two unproven guys, but those two unproven guys have been lights out to start this campaign. Uh, we expect Logan Thompson to get the start tonight, and uh, I think that uh, this is one that uh, he really has to relish. Sure, that season opener was extraordinary. The home opener provides all kinds of goosebumps for you. Uh, but going into this one tonight in his hometown as the number one guy against a Vesna finalist at the other end really does cement yourself and your position where you are in the course of your career early on because of how you've played those first couple of games. Yeah, it's a big spot for Logan Thompson. It really is. And, you know, for a, a player that is making the most of an opportunity, I would expect Logan to be dialed in and, and have himself a strong game. Now, um, I think that the Calgary Flames have a lot of players that can get to the middle of the ice that can that can make life difficult on Logan Thompson. But, you know, every time we've we've had Logan in these spots where he's had to come up big or it's been a big moment, he has come through with a strong performance. I, I don't see any reason to doubt that going into this game tonight against Calgary. Well, it's a, it's a big challenge for him. And with all due respect to Los Angeles and that game against Chicago where you can't play a better first period. But then there was definitely a different pace to the rest of the game. He went almost 40 minutes of real time without facing a shot because of the way Vegas turned their game around in the second and, and the third period. Tonight is a game against a legitimate contender and challenger to you inside the division. Like you're going you're going to play uh, Calgary a bunch. You're going to play Edmonton a bunch. Uh these are the games that in the past you wouldn't be playing. But because of the scenario now and Robin Leonard being out this year, the door is open. You've put yourself in a position to play these games and you have to be able to step up and rise to that occasion. It's big. Big, big. Not defining, but if he can play the same way he has in the first two games, you might be one of those people that starts to go, we got something going on here? Like, there's preseason rumblings about Logan Thompson being in contention for certain individual awards. Yeah. I never went down that path because I think it's it's grossly unfair. Uh, to him before he's played a single game this year. But when you take into account what he did in being able to find and win that first game and then producing a goalie win in game two, that provides a good foundation. You win in any fashion against one of your arch rivals for the division title, it ups your profile in and around the National Hockey League and then there's early season buzz. Tonight, do we connect the wires and create that early season buzz on top of just what's at stake, which is two points, and if Vegas wins, that equals the best start in franchise history. Is there not already early season buzz? Well, there is a slight rumbling, but 
tonight cranks that up. I, I talked to, I bet you, five people today, five, mm-hmm. six, through text and, and on the phone. People from out east who can't wait for the Vegas-Calgary game tonight. And it's the second week of the season, and this one's already must-see TV because is Vegas really back? Can these goaltenders really do it? They heard about it. Maybe they didn't watch the uh, Chicago game because Chicago, Chicago. They're in a rebuild. Uh, maybe they didn't watch uh, that that opening night game. But tonight, when you've got two Titans going at it, people people are taking notice of this game and and want to know if it's for real or whether it needs more time to get it, uh, itself developed. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating game for a lot of different reasons. Um, I, I, I'm looking at this as as kind of a, a big week, obviously, for the Vegas Golden Knights. We talked about it yesterday uh, when you've got Calgary, Winnipeg, Colorado, Tor- Toronto on your radar over the next four games. This has the potential to be a statement type of week for the Vegas Golden Knights. It, it, the onus is on them, though, uh, to perform. And, and as far as Logan Thompson goes, again, I, I just I look at a kid that, makes the most of any opportunity that he's gotten over the last three, four, five years. He has been in situations where he could seize an opportunity. And, you know, again, I I know that we kind of keep going back and forth between sample size and and the amount of games that Logan's played in the NHL. And because it's real, he's doing it's it's a real topic. You're right. You're right. Is it, is it sustainable? Is he going to be able to continue to do it? Is he going to be able to meet the demand at this level as he's done in the previous in in the past at the AHL level, uh, everywhere that he's played? Uh, until he doesn't, I feel like what he's done has earned him the benefit of the doubt. Like I believe Logan Thompson will have a strong game tonight because he just hasn't really missed in these moments where he's had to be good. And against Calgary, he's going to have to be good. It's not going to be just a situation where the Golden Knights are, are going to be able to hold Calgary to nothing. No high-danger chances, no quality scoring chances. Logan Thompson's going to have to be a big part of this game if Vegas wins. It, 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 he's just going to have to be good. That's There's no real bones about that here. If you go out and you score goals like Vegas has on the road so far in the first two games, makes your job a lot easier. Let's go to Bruce Cassidy, who is really looking forward to this game, facing his uh, old friend, Daryl Sutter. Uh, here's Bruce's thoughts on what they're going to face in Calgary. Uh, good, uh, solid team. Um, division rival. Uh, again, a team off to a good start. Uh, Hurts up and down the lineup. Physical. They're on top of you, so we've got to be ready to play. They're a good first period team, so that will be the biggest message tonight. A good first period team, and Vegas has been outstanding in the first period. In the first two periods, really. You you think they allowed the first goal in Los Angeles in the first period. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't allow anything in the second. They were perfect in the in the uh, first two periods against Chicago, and they didn't allow a goal in the first or the second against the Seattle Kraken. Like, that's, that's six periods uh, of total hockey where they've allowed one goal. So Vegas should be able to match that execution by the Calgary Flames if you go on this short sample. But scouting Calgary, right, I, I think is a, is a tough 
task right now because there's been so much change and you don't want to really go back to, mm-hmm. to preseason or, and run the tape. But uh, here's Bruce on what the difference is between Calgary year to year. Well, it's a good question. I think it's still early, too early to determine what they will or won't be right now. I, I just know Daryl well enough to know these teams will play hard, they'll defend hard, they'll be physical, uh, and it'll be a 60-minute you know, game where they're coming after you. So no matter who's in the lineup, that's the way it's going to be. And for us, I think it's, again, I, I'd like to play every team in our division right away, find out where we're at, because I'm still getting to know our guys too. So um, like I said, I'm glad these games are, are coming early in the season. Yeah, good early season testing. Calgary's had that too. They faced Colorado right out of the gate. Now, I just want to point out that that was a Cal- Colorado team playing on a back-to-back the night after the banner-raising ceremony. If there was ever going to be a letdown for Colorado, it was going to be that <laughs> night. Not saying Calgary's not full value for the win, uh, but they were really good against Edmonton in game number two. And that that's a murderer's row for the Calgary Flames out of the gate with Colorado, Edmonton, and then Vegas playing as well as they are. So uh, that uh, does create uh, the task where both teams are on top of the game. We didn't see that once last year, where Vegas and Calgary were both at their best at the same time. Yeah, we didn't. And, you know, again, it'll be a nice opportunity for the Golden Knights to see where they measure up against uh, this Calgary Flames team this iteration not what Calgary was last year but what Calgary is this year or at least what they are to start the season so um, I I love it because you got two healthy teams going head-to-head and two teams that we expect to be very good in this division Um, you know the Calgary Flames you know we talked about Jonathan Huberdeau and and Nazem Kadri and they're a deep team. They are a, a, a hard-nosed team. They'll be physical. Uh, they'll be good along the boards. Like It's going to be um, a, a real stiff test for the Golden Knights to, to put everything together as they have over the first three games. A good physical challenge as well and a good opportunity to for other guys to make statements. Paul Cotter, he stood out mm-hmm. in, in game number two because he scored the only goal of the game and mm-hmm. was uh, was instrumental physically in that game. Jonathan Marcheseau has three goals in, in three games. It's the best start of his career. Here's, here's a weird one, though, for you. Marcheseau, in four of the last five years, has scored an opening night. I didn't realize that. And counting this year, he scored surprising. an opening night. Four of the last five years, he scored on opening night. But last year, he went to game 10 before he had three goals. A couple of years ago, he went to game 15 before he scored his third goal. This time around, he's got three goals in three games, and he's one off the league lead in goals. He can get there with another performance tonight. I think Eichel, Kessel, and Smith, who lead the the team in shots on goal per line, by a wide margin, they're knocking on the door to get things going. And and the Howden-Stevenson-Stone line have arguably been the most impactful from an eye test, like generating turnovers and creating buzz around the net. But they have some of the fewest shots on net. So any of those three lines, along with Logan Thompson, we know, but those three lines – they're all they're all sort of chomping to take the lead role with this team right now, and and any of them could, on a week by week basis, be the number one line 
of this team. And I've never seen that before on any team in the National Hockey League that thought it was a contender to have that kind of balance. Well, it's it's the whole point of having a top nine, right? As opposed to loading up with two lines and, and not really spreading things out. I think the way that Bruce Cassidy has gone about constructing his forward lines lends you to allowing the, the production to be spread out as much as possible. And sometimes lines just aren't going to have it. They're not going to be able to click for a game or two or whatever it is. Like early on in the year, first couple of games – you, you got some points out of Jack Eichel. You got some points out of that line, but it, it didn't really connect the way that it did in the preseason. I thought that Seattle was a step in the right direction for them. Um, and you mentioned the, the Stevenson line. Like, they are certainly creating offense. Brett Howden, I think, is going to be a, a major key. If, if he's able to find the net and find the back of the net, then all of a sudden that line has the the potential to explode because they're creating chances they just haven't been able to convert. And then, you know, you can't really say too much else about uh, Carlson, Marsha, So, and Cotter. Like, they, they spend a lot of time uh, starting in their own zone, and more often than not, they win their shifts, and, and that's what you're looking for out of that line. But sure. you mentioned top nine. Yeah, uh, that's the, the new standard instead of one, two, and then three, four being that, that split there, top nine's the, the modern approach. But this is very different. This isn't a top nine. This is a different top line on a weekly basis, potentially. That's very different. And you can say coaches want balance per line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. They don't get it. <laughs> very seldom do they ever come close to getting it. In in, well, I, in 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 spreading it out between one, two, and three. Like Vegas loved to have a, a four line team the last number of years, but we knew there's differences in the hierarchy between Stone, Patrietti, and Stevenson. Then the misfits, then the the fourth line, and the third line was mm-hmm. was a work in progress, and it was what they wanted to be or as close as they could get to a fourth four-line rotation and a, and a top nine uh, presentation. But this is a dramatic step towards actually accomplishing that. Well, I, I think it's in, it's in how Bruce Cassidy constructed things, right? Like you've got two top six players in this league on each of those three lines, right? Like it's not really that debatable. Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, and then you've got uh, William Carlson and Jonathan Marchessault. So, like you've got legit top six talent spread out as evenly as possible over the course of your three lines. Like it's not terribly surprising that it's been a balanced attack and that the Golden Knights have found a new hero every single night based on how they're constructed right now up front and how Bruce Cassidy has things shaking out. New hero but old face in Jonathan Marcheseau with those uh, three goals sure. to start. Yeah. Uh, one more uh, from Bruce Cassidy. Just uh, what he looks for when, when it comes to the beginning of games, especially on the road in Calgary, uh, what he's expecting from his club at the start of the game. Managing the puck, I mean, we, we weren't good enough against Chicago early on. It showed we were giving up chances. We weren't in their end at all. A lot of D-zone face-offs, a lot of D-zone time. So to me, it's always puck management early on. Everyone's feeling good when the puck drops they got their legs and and flying around so you you know you got to be careful what you're doing with the puck so um you know don't don't be chasing the game that's what i'm always looking for how are we between the blue lines um 
And then the face-off dot, right? Are we competitive or not? Are we winning our share of draws? Are we helping win draws? So those are probably the couple of determining factors I'm always looking for in the first, say, 10 minutes. Chasing the game, that's uh, an expression where the other team is controlling the puck or the other team has the lead. Well, uh, on the deficit side of things, Vegas has only trailed for 11 minutes in three games. That's huge when you talk about being able to control a game. And there has been times where the other team has had the puck uh, a little bit more and you've been able to, uh, uh, or you've had to uh, change your uh, your approach on trying to track things down. You got a little wobbly and a little scattered. Saw that in the third period against Seattle when the Kraken finally responded in that game and certainly uh, at periods during the Los Angeles game. So, But those those moments have been... Uh, kept at a minimum, and it's been really impressive by by the Vegas Golden Knights on that side of chasing the game. And on the scoreboard, it's been very, very much kept in track uh, as far as uh, trying to catch up to the other team from a deficit standpoint. Yeah, I, I feel like the Golden Knights have had more pockets within games where they've controlled the rate of play. And, and, you know, you haven't had to chase the game, as Bruce Cassidy talked about. There were a ton of momentum shifts in that game against the Los Angeles Kings. There was a, a, a shaky first period aided by a strong goaltending performance, and then that allowed the Golden Knights to settle in and kind of take over the game from there. And then against Seattle, you were great for two periods. You, you didn't have to be good. You didn't have to be exceptional in the third period, and you allowed the Seattle Kraken to kind of creep in there late but by and large if you're talking about nine periods the golden knights have have what one seven of them uh that's a pretty good recipe for success in today's nhl not bad i'll, I'll take it and uh, i would take uh, going to the games on thursday and saturday at the fortress because if vegas can pull this one out tonight and you're four no you're a franchise equaling best start in the uh in the history of the team to kick off this season and you have an opportunity to set the record on Thursday against Winnipeg or uh, move it along further on Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche, uh, sign me up. Uh, I'm there. And you can be there as well. We have some tickets to give away, uh, three pairs, and the first set of tickets is for that Winnipeg game on Thursday night. Uh, Give us a call, 702-876-1340. Be caller number seven, and we will send you to Thursday night's game back at the fortress against the winnipeg jets and we have another pair for the jets and one for colorado still to come it's why you listen to the show because you love the hockey talk but you also love to be able to go to the games and check out uh, the vegas golden knights in person caller number seven right now and we'll come back with one timers news and notes from around the national hockey league on the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Let's get to it. Uh, some stuff happening in and around the National Hockey League. Uh, teams off to great starts. Some teams uh, wobbling out of the gate. And uh, you got to feel bad for the Vancouver Canucks. That's three straight games now where they've had multi-goal leads and they lost. When we last left you last night on the VGK Insider Show, they had a multi-goal lead on the Washington Capitals in the second period. Lost going away. And this thing has the potential to snowball for the Vancouver Canucks because of the way their schedule is set up. Yeah, not good for Vancouver, uh, especially because it was Washington that was able to come back. 
a team that I do not view as a particularly strong team or a team that should be able to overcome a two-goal deficit in the third period. I, I get it. They got Alex Ovechkin, but I, I, I'm surprised that the Vancouver Canucks could not right the ship last night against the, the Washington Capitals. It's already put uh, some of the spotlight on the coach there and whether yeah. or not uh, Bruce Boudreaux is under any heat. He shouldn't be with what he did in the back half of last year, but uh, <laughs> the owner is volatile. He, he does yeah. have uh, some emotion to him, and the general manager, Patrick Elvin, uh, did not hire Bruce, and there was no extension given. He's in the final year of his deal. I don't know where they go outside of Bruce. Uh, I hope that there's a little bit of patience on that, but uh, that's okay. the uh, the early season buzz out of Vancouver, not just because they've lost, but how yeah. they're losing and doing it uh, in a situation where they could have like the dream start to the season and it's turned into a nightmare. Can I give you an update on Vancouver right now? Sure. They have a multi-goal lead. Oh, against Columbus? They're up, they're up 2 nothing on Columbus with five and a half minutes to go in the first period. So uh, that's either a good omen or it is history repeating itself in Groundhog Day. All well, I think it increases the anxiety around the team. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Uh, if Columbus scores, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. If Columbus scores, yeah. you uh, are. It's going to be a real test of that team's resolve because they're waiting for things to go wrong right now. After yeah, what happened yeah, wrong. last night, like it was already fragile, <laughs> but last night took it to a, a whole nother level. Uh, Losing to the to the Washington Capitals, uh, there was a suspension that came out of that game. I don't know whether you saw the Kuznetsov play uh, when he yeah. hit uh, hit Burroughs behind the net, and Kyle Burroughs yeah. got a stick in the face and then got pushed on the way down. Now there was a penalty; uh, it was a uh, a penalty for Kuznetsov, but it was it was pretty nasty and uh, one game suspension for Evgeny Kuznetsov, who who was able to stay in the game. And, and set up the turnaround goal for Alexander yep. Ovechkin second in that game. So it did work out for for Washington. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it, it was a baseball swing to the face. Like, mm -hmm. I don't understand how that's just a one-game suspension. Um, I really don't. But, hey, it, it is what it is. Uh, it, it makes zero sense to me. Like, at minimum, I, I feel like, you know, you, you kind of look at those – plays in the past like cross checks that that wind up kind of riding up and into the face and usually those are two three four games like this to me should have been along those lines um well they do take injury into consideration and there wasn't one there. I, I, I i sure but like that's as mal malicious a shot to the face two-hand chop that i've seen in a long long time I, i'm just surprised that it was only the one game okay it was it was a slash, but I'm not sure we're talking Barry Bonds here. It, it was like, close. You're you're making it a little more sensational than it was. It was no, nasty. I'm, no, I'm but, not there. And but it wasn't a. I'm not big sensationalizing swing. a two-hand chop to the face. I'm not sensationalizing that. It's what that, it was. It that in itself was just sensational what you just said. And Nick Schmaltz is out six to eight weeks for the Arizona Coyotes. Well, at least he, he got to uh, enjoy, before that was announced, uh, the uh, the victory last night uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't a bad thing for Arizona. <laughs> I, 
I, I feel bad for, for Nicky, <laughs> but it's another veteran player that won't be in the lineup, and they're going to continue to struggle. They won their Stanley Cup last night against Toronto by, uh, by, beating, the, game by beating the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, listen. Um, yeah, you're right. They did. They, they went to Toronto. They beat Toronto in, in agonizing um, fashion for Leaf fans, and uh, they'll probably do it again, like the next time that they play Toronto, when Toronto goes to Mullet Arena. I'm sure that the Arizona Coyotes will leave that game with two points, too. Oh, it's turned Toronto upside down. It, it should. Sheldon Keith's not happy with his veteran players. He started actually started the fourth line last night. All no. those stars. And he put the fourth line out to, to kick off the game. That was a statement, as my Ooh. good buddy Darren Elliott said. Not received. But it was a statement, <laughs> a message that was sent. Also started the third-string goaltender, Eric yeah. Schalgren. Yeah. Uh, he he didn't shut the door. No. I, I don't uh, know what's going to happen there. Here's here's the thing with Toronto. Mm -hmm. Kyle Dubas is in the final year of his deal. He doesn't have an yeah. extension. He's not going to wait very long to try and salvage this thing to save his own job, which I would do the exact same thing. I'm not saying that uh, that he would be uh, doing uh, something that uh, that wouldn't be required, uh, or anybody else wouldn't take that that same tact with, because that's human nature. You, you try and, and hold on to your position. I I don't know whether management, like the President Brendan Shanahan, is going to allow that to happen. Who's got the hotter seat? Is it Sheldon Keefe or Bruce Boudreau right now? Oh, I would say Bruce, because Toronto's got a better team. And they've got more uh, wiggle room to get back. back. Like they're, they're 500, so it's, it's not a terrible start to the season. They've won a couple. Uh, so that, uh, They've that, lost to Montreal I and Arizona. Hey, but they've got something the, in the W. They column. should be 4-0. There's no excuse for this. You, you asked me a lose. question. I gave you the answer. It's yeah. Bruce because he hasn't won a game. Maybe that changes tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But Toronto's got a whole lot of wheel. Like, you expect them to figure it out somehow. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that, that the Toronto Maple Leafs are making that rash decision right yeah. away. I yeah. could see it from the Vancouver Canucks, even though I'm, I'm hoping not for Bruce Boudreau. Yeah. England, what was uh, what was Boudreau's win total at? He's at 599 for career wins. Hmm. Bruce Boudreau. He needs he needs to get to that 600. All right? So can we give him the win tonight? Get him to 600 and then whatever happens happens. But at least Come on guys. Get him a 600. <laughs> They were they were wrapping up the game puck for him the last three games, right? Not, yeah. yeah. and he hasn't been able to get there. Let's go. I like this uh, time of the year with overreactions. Well, I don't like it with, with my who's, buddies. Who's over? Well, who's we're, overreacting? Put, we're, we're putting oh, coaches okay. on the hot seat. Uh, that kind I, of thing. I, I, it's just it's it's just an interesting question. Like I I I'm, I'm I understand what you're saying, right? Vancouver hasn't won a game. But it has been a lackluster start to the year for Toronto. And when you've got Sheldon Keefe after game number one talking about how that's unacceptable to lose to the Montreal Canadiens and you follow it up just three games later with a terrible effort against Arizona, 
and you're te- you're saying the difference in your in in the game is that we have elite players who didn't play like elite players. True as it may be, I don't feel like that is going to sit well with the players in the room, and I just don't think that. Like I think we're on a collision course for some change to have to be made in Toronto. Because Ooh. I don't see that team changing much. I just don't. Yeah, and and the reality is they were this close to finding a way to win that game and learn nothing in the process. Last night they were a overturned goal away from getting it to overtime and could have won it in the last minute. So they're, yeah, I think it's it benefits not like they're them playing to lose it, terrible. No, but not playing they, didn't, they didn't win. I, I don't think that they're close to that. They may end up making a change, but I think there's some some rope there still for for Sheldon Keith. I would be as nervous if I was the general manager as, as if I was the coach in, in that environment. Hey, uh, here's one for you. Uh, Anton Carter has bought into the ownership of the ECHL franchise in Atlanta, the Gladiators. Nice. The TNT analyst uh, will be uh, part owner in that club. He lives in Atlanta. But here's the quote of it. said, uh, I'll be actively involved to ensure the Gladiators hockey is widely accepted, which is great. But he said, I had no idea what the ECHL was all about because I was so focused on playing and my broadcast Mm -hmm. career. I went to my first Gladiators game last year, and I was pleasantly surprised to see all the NHL jerseys in the stands. It totally caught me off guard. Good for him. And then to be open to come in with a new ownership there, I, I think it's yeah. awesome, and the fact that uh, I mean he works for TNT and, and Atlanta's at home uh, is is really cool, uh, and uh, nobody can can speak to opening up the game more than Anson Carter, who is uh, and I've had these conversations with him, and uh, some of the challenges that he's had as a, as a black person playing in the in the National Hockey League, uh, I, I think it's uh, it's going to really bode well for our sport. Yeah, that's. Awesome. Um, perfectly said, Darren. I, I think that, you know, like I, I love Anson's insights when it comes to the TNT broadcast. And I think the, the fact that you're you're looking at a possibility of, of kind of growing things even a little bit more um, in in Atlanta and, and all that, I, it, it's fantastic stuff and, and great on Anson for, for jumping in and being a part of that ownership group. I want to bring you up to date with some of the stuff happening around the league tonight because there are games underway. The Ducks lead the Devils 2-0. Devils have yet to win. They brought Jeez. in Andrew Burnett as an assistant coach over the course of the summer with Lindy Ruff. Burnett was a finalist for Coach of the Year last year. Yep. Sure had the looks of if things didn't go well early there. Boy, I... I for somebody who doesn't like putting coaches in the hot seat, I've done it a couple of times today. Uh, Senators lead the Boston Bruins. That's a surprise early on because Ottawa hasn't been great out of the gate. And Philadelphia and the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's John Tortorella against his team that he won a Stanley Cup with in the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning. Very mm-hmm. different uh, very different scenario now. Although, when he took over Tampa, there's probably similarities to what's going on in Philadelphia right now. It's been it's been a long time. I, I don't I don't remember that. You don't Tampa remember? Game. No. Tampa no. wasn't this Tampa back then. Well, no. I can tell you that. And they John were. wasn't this John. He was still <laughs> early on in his National Hockey League career. Probably 
He still had the fire. He's always had that fire. But I sure. don't know whether he had as much ability to push the envelope as he does now. Is there a coach that is single-handedly responsible for one of the greatest moments in Tampa franchise history, winning their first Stanley Cup, uh, and also one of the worst memories in, in Tampa franchise history that's getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets after a 128-point season? Uh, well, the, that was John Cooper, right? They got swept it was John Tortorella Columbus. that was the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. My point oh, is, right. Oh, then they got he is, payback. He is, right, right. He has I was thinking led both that on franchise to the highest of highs, and he has been yeah. a part of the lowest of lows. Yeah, and uh, I, I'll go with uh, – I'll just expand it a little bit, the dressing room fight with Bob Hartley in Calgary. <laughs> you can't go wrong there. Uh, we got another pair of tickets to that game on Thursday. Winnipeg Jets, you want to go? Give us a call at 702-876-1340. The lines are lighting up right now. Looks like a Christmas tree over there. Chapman, I'm going to give you caller number nine. Call 702-876-1340. You can go to the game on Thursday night uh, to see the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll be back to wrap things up. Uh, only one hour on the VGK Insider Show today. Catching up with Chapman's next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Don't adjust your radio. Don't be changing the time on it. It's it's all good because we only have one hour of the VGK Insider Show today because uh, the pregame show is coming up due to the Mountain Time Zone start of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Calgary Flames t- tonight. So, Chapman, go to it. All right. Well, uh, I was obviously not here yesterday, so we I, was, heard. I, I was able to watch a lot of hockey uh, yesterday afternoon. and That's why you phoned in sick. Yes, I wanted to watch the, the Leafs and the Coyotes. I could not wait to watch that game. What a wild finish in that one. I don't know if you guys saw it, but did what I, I'm still having a difficult so so I'm having a difficult time understanding the rule that called the goal back for Toronto because they called a hand pass and the play should have been stopped, but the guy from Arizona, I, I believe it was Keller, his stick was in the glove of the Toronto player. So what what was the reasoning well, for Well the Toronto player went to handle the puck with his glove and okay. it touched his glove. So it, was, so it, it doesn't matter that the guy's stick was in his glove, preventing him from no, actually... No, that wasn't... Uh, there was no possession there. So I, I guess... It I hit mean, the glove. Yeah. And then it hit the it glove. didn't change possession. Didn't change possession. And it then, went yeah. to a Toronto player. It's a hand yeah. pass. Okay. A, yeah. So... Did we, did we just settle that for you? Well, you could have just texted me last night. Well, we no, could have avoided all this. It was just a... It, it was a weird set of circumstances because... There was. It, it didn't seem like he actually made a hand pass because the puck never seemed like it went into his glove because of the stick. But none, nonetheless, it was still a comical Did you watch way. the game with sound? Because they yeah. did explain well, all this it was, it was, on the broadcast. It was comical the way that the, that the, that the Toronto lost, though. It, it was pretty funny. But uh, Rangers, big one yesterday, too. That I watched them for the first time this season. Like, like Anaheim, I, Anaheim's goaltending was not well. Good. I mean, the Rangers are a really, really good team, and 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 I'm happy for for Turk that they're off to a good start. What about Panarin? Yeah, good start for him too. It's a man Jad, big start for him as well. So, uh, Rangers are really, really good. I can't wait for them to come here. They're they're going to be so fun to watch in person. 
Well, hopefully you have sound for that one. Well, I'll be sitting in the stands or in the press box. So. Oh, you're, you're taking some tickets? No, I'm, I'm at every game. In the stands. I'm at every game. Oh, Big Wheels got tickets. We got two more tickets to <laughs> yes, give away yes. for the Colorado game on Saturday. How about this for a week? Okay, Calgary battling against the Flames for the Pacific Division title and supremacy in that. And then you go Winnipeg should be better, although they were a little suspect last night. And then Colorado, the Stanley Cup champions on Saturday. That's a great week. Mm-hmm. And it all works our way towards Phil Kessel's record-breaking streak of most consecutive games next week when he ties it against Toronto and breaks it against San Jose. This is... I wish we had three hours instead of being cut back to one tonight. So much stuff to talk yeah. about. Uh, the pregame yeah. show for the Flames and the Golden Knights is coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. And... After Ryan Wallace is done, Ashley Weiss will be on the program. Uh, Dan Duva and Gary Lawless uh, will take over at 6 o'clock. And we will be by tomorrow to talk about everything that goes down at the Saddle Home on Fox Sports Las Vegas with the VGK Insider Show. Enjoy the game.